Welcome to Linux Crazy Podcasts. This is podcast number 98. In this podcast, Comp Rocky talks to William H., a Gen 2 developer and programmer. He maintains the open source project OpenRC and also packages UDEV for Gen 2, maintaining the rebuild and fixing bugs, etc. Hello everyone and welcome to Linux Crazy Podcast. This is uh, podcast number 97. And in this podcast, I'm going to interview William H. He's a developer with Gentoo Linux. He's the upstream uh, developer for OpenRC. He also man- maintains OpenRC for Gentoo, and he is the uh, he, the maintainer for UDEV. And I'm pretty sure he's still the maintainer for SpeakUp and eSpeakUp and some other accessibility uh, programs. Um, I first ran into William when uh, I was helping, uh, like, like whoa, put together the live DVD, the first one, the 10-year anniversary live DVD, and we were having big problems with the old uh, live CD tools, which was from way back in 2008, and it needed to be updated, and um, also with getting Speak Up working on the live DVD, and it was just a pleasure to meet William and to uh, work with William. Um, I'm a real novice, and he really helped me with... uh, uh, investigating and trying to help out to like Woe to fix a lot of things and it was really a pleasure to meet him and work with him and with that I give you William H. Hello folks. How are things going today? I'm doing good. Uh, how and when did you get started with Linux? Well, um, I've been involved in computers for a long time. Um, I started computers back in my high school days, back in the days of the uh, Apple IIe. Remember those? That was my first computer, an old Apple IIe. Um, And from there, I progressed into MS or PC-DOS, whatever you call it. (laughs) And um, I started programming in high school. I have a... eventually went to uh, University of North Texas, and I have a computer science degree. So I've been programming and messing with computers off and on since the 80s. And uh, as far as Linux goes, I believe my first exposure was Red Hat Linux version 5. Um, Back in the day when it was still Red Hat, uh, and before it, before the community project they have became, eventually Fedora, it became Fedora Core, then eventually just Fedora. Yeah, yeah. My first experience was Red Hat 9, and then I think right after Red Hat 9 was Fedora 1. Okay, okay. And I played with Debian for a little bit. I guess that was around Debian 2.0 or 3.0. Um and I came across Gen 2 in 2002 or 2003, 2003 maybe. Um, and I liked the concept. I liked the way it's built. I like the, the flexibility of Gen 2. It gives the users a lot more flexibility than binary distributions give in terms of dependencies and that sort of thing with the use flags. You get a lot, users get a lot of control as far as what you install and how you install it. Um, and I've been using Gen2 ever since, and I became a developer in 2004. Um, 
I started out in the accessibility team, and I'm still the lead for accessibility. And uh, I was recruited by DM Waters back then. If anybody is, if anybody remembers who that is, she was my recruiter, and uh, brought me on board in 2004. And I've been with the distribution ever since. Where can uh, the distribution Gen 2? Where can it can improve? One of my things about one thing that I liked about Gen 2 initially, and I think that we should try to preserve as much as we can, is that we don't deviate a whole lot from upstream. We don't do a lot of custom patching. There are some, but I don't think we patch as much as other distributions do. I could be wrong there, folks. I don't. I don't remember a whole lot about other distributions because I've been on Gen 2 for as long as I have. But I don't think we patch as much as other distros do. And if, you know, I would like to see that trend continue. I'd like to see us not patch things, you know, as much. I think we should tr try to stay as close to upstream as possible. Um, and... That, uh, that, you know, some of those, some of those changes, you know, are going to be some of the changes that we need to make to stay close to what a lot of upstreams are doing nowadays are going to be challenging. But I think that with the right tools in place and with the right, you know, if we provide smooth transitions into that, I think they can work for us. I think we can make a lot of the, these things that are going on now in other in other distributions and in upstreams work for us. You know, we we're always looking for developers, and and one of the biggest things that we try to, need to try to stay away from is like you were talking about patching a lot of uh, programs and everything, and making the maintaining you know even harder and going to take more time and more people. Uh, I think we need to keep it as simple as possible so that we don't have to do a whole lot of uh, time maintaining programs. Agreed. Tell us about Speak Up and eSpeak Up. Speak Up. Um, Speak Up began, uh, I'll give you the website for Speak Up. It's www.linux-speakup.org. This is an accessibility tool. It it provide that was written that was written by Kirk Reiser, um, up in uh, London, Ontario, and it's a screen reader that is built into the Linux kernel. It is now a staging driver in the kernel. If you look at your source tree staging slash speak up it's in that directory driver slash staging slash speak up is the source code for it and it it's been like i said it's been around quite a while it it uh supports several different speech synthesizers some of those have been around a while i've been chatting with kirk lately again and we're gonna probably look at um leaving some of those behind because some of those are internal, some of those are ISA cards. And it's getting harder and harder to find computers anymore that have ISA slots, 
And eSpeakUp, which is a component that I wrote a while back, it's in my GitHub uh, repository, github.com slash William H slash eSpeakUp, is a bridge that connects SpeakUp to eSpeak, which is a software-based speech synthesizer that was written by a man named Jonathan Duddington. Um, it can be obtained, all of this stuff can be emerged in Gentoo. Uh, eSpeakUp and eSpeak can be emerged in Gentoo. They're, they are in Portage. SpeakUp is part of the kernel. So you just turn on your staging drivers and turn on SpeakUp in there. Um, but these are accessibility tools that make it po that, that make it possible for someone who has a vision impairment to use Linux. And I am willing to answer any you know any more questions anybody may have about those. Or you can uh, go to linuxspeakup.org, and we have a we have a channel on Freenode uh, pound speakup is the IRC channel for us. And uh, eSpeak is eSpeak.sourceforge.net. You can, you can get their code from there. Uh, it's a multilingual software speech synthesizer. Um, eSpeakUp is on GitHub, is at github.com slash William H slash eSpeakUp. And uh, I'm willing to answer any other questions anyone may have about this. What language is eSpeakUp written in? eSpeakUp is written in C. Okay. Uh -huh. uh, tell us about OpenRC. OpenRC is basically startup script. It runs on top of an init system. It, OpenRC itself is not an init system. It's a... It runs on top of currently System 5 init, SysV init. Um, and OpenRC, a little bit of history. Engine uh -huh. 2 Linux, we had a package called, we've got a package called Base Layout. And Base Layout originally had init scripts built into it. But those were written in Bash. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it, they required anybody that was using them to use Bash. Um, OpenRC is the next generation of those init scripts. They are written to be POSIX compliant, which makes them run on a much wider uh, on, on, on more platforms. You can run them under BusyBox. You can run them under Dash. You can run them under any POSIX compliant shell. Uh, the other thing it does is that OpenRC is multi-platform. Um, it runs under Linux, and it runs under FreeBSD, NetBSD, and OpenBSD. And I was approached, um, I haven't heard any more about this, but I was approached by 
someone who is interested in porting OpenRC to Minix. Hmm. Um, so it has a wider, it, it, it runs on multiple platforms. Um, and as far as, you know, we have a project page where OpenRC itself, my understanding of the history, OpenRC Open itself is an external project to Gentoo. We're, we're not, uh, it is true that all of us working on it are Gentoo developers, or most of us are. There are other folks who have contributed patches from other distributions, such as Alpine Linux, um, and Funtu has contributed some things. But we're, so we're a multi-distribution in its system now. And we're hosted on Gentoo. I would like to, you know, thank the Gentoo folks for allowing us to host there. And we're, uh, to get involved, right now our bug reports are on Bugzilla, look for, uh, on Gentoo's Bugzilla, look for things that are assigned to OpenRC. Start submitting patches or getting in, getting involved in OpenRC the same way you would get involved in any other project. And we have OpenRC has a chat channel again on Freenode, pound OpenRC. You can join us there. And uh, and on Gen two for Gen two specifically, for Gen two specific issues, we have pound Gen two dash base. Um, that can be used to discuss issues there. Who's helping you maintain OpenRC? It's a group of folks. Uh, right now, um, mo most everybody is listed on our project page on Gen2 because everybody is, uh, like I said, we're, most of us are Gen2 developers. Um, so if you go to uh, www.gen2.org slash proj slash en slash base slash openrc. Um, there you'll see who most of the maintainers are. Um, or if you look in the get log for the project, you'll see who all has contributed to it. I couldn't list everybody. Right. Um, and I would like to publicly thank everybody who has helped on the project. It's, uh, your help is greatly appreciated, and we're always looking for more contributions. What kind of skills would someone need to contribute to OpenRC? Uh, scripting is good, you know, shell scripting. Uh, and also C, there are some parts of it written in C, so we would need a person who knows how to program in C. So those are the two areas, mostly, shell scripting and C. Tell us about UDEV. UDEV is, it was originally written by Greg Crowhartman, and now it's maintained by, uh, upstream is, uh, and forgive me if I don't pronounce your name correctly, Kay Savers. And it's also part now of System D, which is maintained 
uh, and forgive me if I don't pronounce your name correctly, sir. Uh, it's maintained by Linux Porting. What UDEV does is it manages permissions and symbolic links in the slash dev directory, which nowadays slash dev, is, this is where all your device nodes are, of course. And nowadays it is part, nowadays it is recommended that you use the dev tmpfs file system for that. And that's because the kernel creates your basic device nodes for you. UDEV is the portion that manages symbolic links and permissions in that directory. We mostly maintain the eBuild uh, engine too. It's, it's, it's myself, Robin Johnson, and, or Robat2 is his, is his RSC name. And it's also, um, I'm going to spell his IRC name because I'm not sure how to, I'll, I'll attempt to pronounce your name, uh, sir, but forgive me again if I, if I say it incorrectly. Um, it, his, your, his name looks like it might be pronounced Samuely, but I'm not finished, so I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I call him Saucerman, so, I, you know, we don't yeah. know. We don't know. I've never talked to these people personally and getting the actual right. pronunciation. So it's just my spelling. All right. reading these uh, right. names and stuff. Right. So yeah, I um, call him, to myself, I call him Saucerman. So I don't know how yeah, no yeah. it really is. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> forgive us for mispronouncing your names, folks. <laughs> Probably brutally mispronouncing it. <laughs> right. Um, but. UDEV is now uh, in a pretty good position, I think, with Engine 2. And, uh, the, uh, but that's, in a nutshell, what UDEV does, is it manages your permissions and your symbolic links in your uh, slash dev file system. And to contribute to that, um, uh, the upstream IRC channel is one of two. Again, it's on Freenode. Because it's merged into System D nowadays, a lot of the people hang out on Pound System D. Uh, there's also a Pound UDEV channel, which gets used. So you can go to either place there, and you'll find upstream, and you'll find us there as well. Um, we're mostly eBuild maintainers, though, for UDEV. Now, if you can contribute, again, upstream is C. So if you're com comfortable in C, uh, you could probably contribute upstream as well. Uh, but for the eBuilds, it's just be being comfortable with eBuild and shell scripting. What are the specs of your current computers and screen readers? Okay. Um, I have... Three systems, actually. Uh, most of it's kind of outdated. <laughs> uh, I have an x86 desktop that has Linux on it. It's a Celeron-based machine. Mm -hmm. And it's the screen reader on that side, on that system is SpeakUp or eSpeakUp, depending on whether I'm running software or hardware speech. 
Um, I have a Windows 7 machine which uses, I used one of two products there. One is a commercial product, one is open source. There's a, the commercial product is called Jaws for Windows and you can Google that. Uh, it's put out by, by a company called Freedom Scientific, which I've had their product for many years on Windows. Um, on the, um, the, the open source project that I use at times on Windows is called Non-Visual non Desktop Access, but they call it NVDA. Um, you can find it at www.nvda-project.org. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, under the GPL, actually, I believe. And it's a uh, free open source screen reader for Windows. And my laptop is a HP Pavilion 64-bit laptop that I've had for a little while, thanks to you, David. Uh -huh. uh, for it's still running. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to uh, replace the hard drive in it. But uh -huh. yeah. I've got two. It was funny because when I went in, went in there to replace that hard drive, they... I had an 80 gig drive in there that uh -huh. had died, you know, and they, they don't sell them that small anymore. <laughs> right. um, yeah. The smallest I could find was a 250. I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> but, yeah, they don't even sell a, they don't even sell a uh, 80 gig drive anymore. Well, I can imagine that, that uh, the keyboard on that thing, I bet you it's gotten a workout. Yeah, uh, that keyboard is still that, that, the keyboard is still a little, a little bit challenging. I still don't quite know where everything is on it, but <laughs> but I can get around on it. Um, I, I can get around on it. All right. Um, I would like to. And as far as my wish list goes, uh -huh. you, uh, I'm going to jump down to that. You were talking. You wanted to know what was on my yep. wish list. Yeah. Um, uh, I'd like to update the laptop. I'd like to get a, I don't know where to get it, one or what to get right now, but I've considered updating my laptop. Uh, I'd like to update my desktop that's got Linux on it. It's an old, it's an old Celeron machine, an x86 Celeron. I want to be able to do hardware virtualization eventually, and you can't do that with, I don't think you can do that with either, either Linux machine I've got. Um, I'd have to look at, uh, uh, I guess you can look at CPU info and see if right. there's a certain flag in there. Yeah. But I don't even think it's there on that laptop I've got, David. No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. They're usually the more higher end um, processors, you know, had that, you know, so. Right, 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 right. The laptop has been uh, useful, though. I've definitely, it's definitely gotten a workout for me. And, uh. Oh, and the laptop, I only use software speech, so it's, so it's uh, speak up plus e-speak up. Yeah, I use it to uh, try to learn to be a better touch typer. I'm a, I learn typing just from myself. I never really learned touch typing, so I use speak uh -huh. up to actually, uh, it helps me to try to learn to, uh, typing. Yeah. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. Yeah. And uh, I haven't, I haven't run it this way, but uh, if you go to the eSpeak, uh, eSpeak site, um, <laughs> Jonathan talks about using eSpeak to read blogs and things. I've never done it, but 
myself, but he talks about how he, and he's cited as far as I know, Jonathan is cited, but he uses uh, eSpeak to do that sort of thing. Oh, and also eSpeak is cross-platform. That's something I forgot to mention. You asked me about eSpeak earlier. eSpeak up. The eSpeak component, which was written by Jonathan, is cross-platform. Um, you can run eSpeak under Windows and Android and a couple of other platforms, I believe. William, you invest a lot of time and effort on Gen 2. How do you stay motivated? Well, I just like doing it. Uh, I've, I've worked with some pretty talented people in this dis distribution, and uh, that's always a good thing. I always enjoy doing things like this with the people I've worked with. What is the role of the Gen 2 Council? The Gen 2 Council is a group of seven developers who have been elected to hold those positions. And we make, decision, we, we make technical decisions about things that affect Gen 2 Linux, that affect Gen 2 as a whole. We, affect, we make global technical decisions that affect the entire project. Uh, you were elected to the council. I believe, the, is this your first uh, uh, reign, or have you, is this your second time through on the council? No, this is my first term. Okay. What has that been like? It's been interesting. It's had its ups and downs, but it's been interesting. And uh, I hope that uh, the developers, you know, a shameless plug here, I hope the developers elect me again. <laughs> it's been interesting to be in the leadership of the distribution, and uh, I hope that uh, I will be able to continue that. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, too. As an outsider looking in, uh, a lot of times I'll follow the uh, the council meetings, and, you know, I, just, I keep abreast of what's going on. A lot of times I'll notice it's hard to get seven people. This is just my own little personal opinion. It's hard to get seven people to agree on just about anything. And, Absolutely. And I'm not sure what direction we need to go, but it's almost like we need some kind of a tiebreaker or someone to, uh, this is just my own personal opinion, someone to kind of drive things in uh in a direction for the good of Gen 2, and I have no idea uh, how to implement this or, or, or anything else. It's just one of the, my observations from the outside looking in. Yeah, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say, David, that I agree with you. We need some way, you know, and, and I, I understand that people, you know, when you get seven people in a group who are passionate about this distribution and who are passionate about how things, you know, how the distribution has helped them in whatever way. Um, we, we need some way in the council to drive things to, toward a resolution sometimes that will be a, the best resolution for the distribution overall. Um, you know, it's, and, that, and that, I don't know either what that answer is, but somehow we have to 
think about the distribution overall and the future of the distribution. And that is what has to drive any decisions that the council is asked to make. Is there anything you would like to talk about that I didn't ask? I'm not thinking of anything specific, just, you know, if anybody out there is interested in helping us out, either Gen 2 developer or not, in particular with OpenRC and UDEV, although UDEV, you know, if you're, you know, that would be a project that anybody, any of these are projects that anyone could get involved with, with really, but OpenRC in particular, um, if you want to help out, if you want to get involved, we could use your help. You know, no question about it. Um, so, you know, contact us from the, uh, from the project page. Uh, for UDEV, you know, help us out there. Um, you, can, uh, you, can, you can contact, you can contact us. We're part of base system for UDEV. Um, you know, if anybody wants to help out, feel free to jump in. That's, you know, talk to us, fix bugs on Gen 2's Bugzilla. There are, all, there are all sorts of ways that people can get involved. And I know William's always looking for people to help out with accessibility, so if there's anybody out there that wanted to get into uh, uh, development, uh, it would be a good way, uh, especially if they have some type of uh, uh, reason to... Um, uh, need to be the accessibility part of Gen 2. Would uh, I'm sure William right. would love to have him uh, help him out. Right, right. That's a, that's a specialized project. But what we do in accessibility, I'll talk about that a little bit. What we do in accessibility is we maintain software in the distribution that aids people who have disabilities who want to use the, the distribution. We have... Uh, Several different things, several different things in, the, in that in that group. We've got uh, uh, we've mostly spoken about eSpeak up, eSpeak speak up. Uh, another another uh, voice synthesizer out there is Festival. Uh, we we have a maintainer. We have someone who maintains Festival for us. Um, if you use uh, a desktop, the primary means of getting access to a desktop is through Orca, and that is a speech synthesizer uh, or a screen reader, a magnifier. Um, we have Braille support in our distribution with Braille TTY if you have a Braille display. Um, there's a lot of software out there that meets this need, and if you, whether you have a disability or not, you know, it doesn't really matter about that. We just need, we, it would help if we had people who were interested in assisting with maintaining the software. Um, if anyone is interested in that, you know, that's another uh, area where we could use assistance. That... That project page is www.gen2.org slash proj slash en slash desktop slash accessibility. That will 
point you to our project page for accessibility. You were talking about Orca. That's a, a uh -huh. is that is that getting better with GNOME three or is it? Uh, I'm not exactly sure of the uh, progress. I'm not exactly sure of the status either. I don't use it. Yeah. What about KDE? Does KDE have anything like that or? Unfortunately, not that I know of. Okay. Unfortunately, you're stuck with GNOME at this point. Um, I don't know of any accessibility efforts. I could be wrong, and if I am wrong, someone please point it out to me. Um, I don't know of any accessibility efforts in the other window managers. I was reading uh, somewhere, I was reading online, where a the Jonathan, I, I may do, I'm not exactly uh, sure of his last name, but he was actually starting a uh, accessibility operating system just for accessibility. I was reading okay. online. Okay. Huh. So. Uh, I haven't heard of it. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Well, uh, I really enjoy uh, the talk we had there, William. Well, I did too. Thank you for uh, thank you for having me, David. Yeah, I really appreciate you doing this. Not a problem. All right. I'll talk to you later, William. All right. All right. Bye. All right, David.